Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio Nation. It is Friday, and you are tuned into page one. I am LeVar, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, who I think got robbed this week from Maxim's Hot 100 list. Um, <laughs> That's because they didn't yeah. do just a voice one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's here. I actually she's... had to take a picture. That's not a good thing. Yeah, she's here. No, stop it. She's here. She's heavily medicated. She's a trooper. And I thank her for... for there are people that would argue with you that I'm always heavily medicated. <laughs> You're roughing it out. How are you? I am okay. Sure? I much worse. It could be worse. Well, i got to say... Um, I don't have my wits about me. They haven't well, taken that away from me yet. Uh, I'm sorry. One of the... Uh, one of the requirements for this show is that you can't have your wits about you this week. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> Doggone it. But um, we've got a lot to cover on this day. Of course, you can always catch me at News Comment BTR over on Twitter. You can catch Mary over at Luai's Mama. And you can catch us at our official webpage at newscommentbtr.wix.com forward slash fan page. A lot of stuff going on. I know I've told everybody that there's three big announcements, two of which you already have seen uh, on Twitter, if you're following us over there on Twitter, because that's usually where I like to break it, because I, I love our Twitter followers who are interactive and who you know talk to me, at least the, those of you that do. Uh, the first thing that uh, all of you know is that... Um, Austin Taylor will be joining us on the 411 Lounge on May 26th, toward the end of the month. That will be at 10.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then the one that was the hardest one to get uh, is that the one and only Mary Carey will be joining us on the 23rd of this month. If you don't know Mary, Mary's story is a very interesting one. You've seen her before. She's probably, besides Jenna Jameson, is probably the most well-known person in mainstream that came from the adult industry. Mary infamously ran for governor of California back in 2003. Uh, actually, I think she finished in the top five or six of that vote. Yeah, she did really well. Um, and she, of course, has had quite a last few years. Uh, you have seen her on Sober House um, as well as Celebrity Rehab on VH1 with Dr. Drew, and from there, her life has sort of changed a lot in those last few years. She's gotten married. Uh, She has stopped some of the things that she used to do. uh, Pretty much, uh, if you've read her life story, you know her life story. It's uh, a lot of uh, adversity that she's had to go through, but um, so happy that she's going to be joining us on the 23rd. So you can catch that one. I think that's Thursday the 23rd. That's going to be at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, the other big announcement 
which is kind of still in works, but I will talk about at the end of the show should we have time, is going to be involving something that I've never done before. I don't know if uh, it's going to work quite the way I want it to. Uh, By the way, this is show number 198. Uh, Next week, show number 199. Unfortunately, show number 200, as it counts now, will be that 411 lounge with Mary Carey unless we do something before that. Uh, But this is show number 198, in case you're counting. So, got all that out. That's two out of the three. I'll talk about the third (laughs) one towards the end. Um, Words vomit. Okay, moving on. Yeah, moving on. This has been quite an interesting week. And if you have been hiding under a rock, of course you know well about the story out of Cleveland with the rescue of the three young ladies who have been missing for ten years. Uh, Amanda Beery, uh, along with Georgina DeJesus and Michelle Knight. And I don't have to go into the whole story about that because, of course, anywhere you turn, um, you... uh, We'll see the story. Actually, I'm watching something over on CNN now where they have an exclusive interview with the the person who held them captive. His daughter is actually saying that he is now dead to her. Pretty much she is horrified by what her father did, and she's disowning him. So, uh, But out of that story came a person, a hero, uh, who pretty much has now had a fast-rocketing ascent into Internet stardom, Charles Ramsey. Um, this week, if you've been on Twitter, his name has been trending. And like I said, if you haven't been following the news and you've seen Charles Ramsey twin- trending on Twitter, he is the person. Uh, was He was one of the first to uh, provide reporters with an eyewitness account of the rescue of Amanda. And if <laughs> I hate going into the whole thing. It, I'm pretty sure you all have seen the video. If you haven't, you can go if over. If you haven't seen the video, you're under a rock. Yeah. Uh, you could go on YouTube, but pretty much it was what a lot of people have said was a humorous analysis of an otherwise unbelievable situation. And, of course, the infamous one where he said, quote, bro, I knew something was wrong when a pretty little white girl ran into a black man's arms. Something's wrong here. Dead giveaway. And he's not the first African-American to be thrust subtly into the spotlight that way. And if you remember Antoine Dotson of the Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife, or Sweet Brown, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, they also gave equally frank local TV interviews that were manipulated, uh, pretty much catchphrased and forwarded around for entertainment. And in an interesting article out of Yahoo, uh, a lot of them says in the eyes of many critics of these memes or the common denominator among them is that they are poor and black. And to some, that kind of uh, veils America's racist underbelly. Laughter that was directed at Sweet Brown plays into the most basic stereotyping of blacks, quote, as simple-minded ramblers living in the ghetto. Uh, This according to Alicia Harris at The Slate. And the root of such jokes are disrespectful at best. And it's difficult to watch these videos and not sense that their popularity has something to do with a persistent and unconscious desire to see black people perform. And... This hasn't been the only time this week, and I, and I wondered at that point if someone was going to say something about it, because it's not the first time, nor, sadly, I don't think it will be the last time that we will see such a video. I'll reserve my thoughts for in a bit. But you saw this, and you read the uh, Yahoo article that 
uh, followed, and, and there was a ton of other ones that followed about it. And, and we're not, and like I said, nobody is uh, denying the story itself and what has happened, and nobody is denying that Mr. Ramsey is a hero, which he is. But I think a lot of people are pretty much, uh, I think, saying, hey, out of this story, this you know miraculous story, you're pretty much playing this guy's soundbite for entertainment value over what the story actually was. But after reading oh, the article, all reasons. Yeah. That's what they're saying. So reading this, do you agree with that article that there is sort of kind of a racial undertone in regards to the whole Charles Ramsey thing? No. I think he's funny. I'm sorry. There are times when people are laughing their butts off at me when I tell a story because I make it my own or I say something dumb, or I my Midwestern accent comes out, or whatever the case may be. It's not even, I don't know why they're trying to turn it into that. They're looking at it from the wrong perspective. <laughs> if he were, if he were, oh, what am I trying to say? Oh, if he had more than one person, and this was like not a rescue, and he could tell these stories, if he could figure out a way of marketing this, he would be the next Swamp People. He would be the next Duck Dynasty. He's just the other, and I hate to say this, this is going to sound, this is going to sound even worse, but he's the other side of the coin. That's the only difference. Well, Duck Dynasty, they're like millionaires. That doesn't count. I don't know how they got to be millionaires, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody's playing on the stereotypes, and it's like, really? That's why they're still there. Well, we don't want to have stereotypes. We don't want to have racism. Blah, 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 blah. Well, then stop pointing it out. I didn't notice it. I thought it was funny. And true. Sorry, if some, if I'm living in an area that major, is a majority of black people and a white girl, blonde hair, comes running up and panting and crying and I need to be with this person because he's obviously not the person that I'm with, you know, like the person that was captive, I'd say the same thing. There's something wrong with this picture. <laughs> Unless I ordered her, that'd be the difference. Sorry, that's a bad analogy too. But no, I don't think it was racist. I, I think all of his fame is because he's freaking hilarious. Nothing to do with the fact that he's poor and black. If that were the case, then there'd be a lot more KKK people watching it. I'm going to be careful in my response. And as I said, I'm not denying what Mr. Ramsey has done. It is a heroic thing. In a half-and-half way, as a black male... It's kind of a cringe-worthy thing to see because, like I said, he's being him. Charles Ramsey's being himself. I know he pretty much was hamming it up a little bit more for the camera because you can kind of tell it during the whole thing because he pretty much was like one of those people where he's having a conversation with somebody and then he's like repeating it like many times and he's out there and he knew that was pretty much his moment. He's on camera and he's going to pretty much explain it his way. And that's him. That's That's pretty much him. I think I've figured out at this point – that's the person that he is. I think where people cringe about this is that for every Antoine Dotson, for every Sweet Brown, especially for 
a lot of African Americans at this point. The fear is that for every one of those viral videos that come out, the fear is that they will be thought of in the same way. Now, before I kind of go into that a little bit more, is that when videos like that come out, everyone tends to, you know, hey, did you see that? And, you know, and it, I don't know why. It pretty much is like that same thing of where and I'm coming from the experience of an African-American male. But it's, it seems that whenever something like that happens, I think we get questioned more and more about, like, hey, did you see that video? It, it comes from everywhere, and then people are laughing about it, or they pretty much have an assumption that everyone's funny that way or everyone's going to be probably talking of that way. But unless you know someone, and this is why I say people get a little bit too, at times, I guess, guarded, is that he is he, and I am I. And I think a lot of people think that we've come so far, speaking as the community here, black community, we've come so far to try to erase those stereotypes of the the goofy person or, you know, that other people pretty much just, you know, because there are some people out there, let's face facts, that probably will see certain stereotypes or certain people if you see one, you have an assumption that that is everyone. That's some people. You or I, who are smart enough and who don't think that, will say, that's just him. He doesn't represent everyone. But leave it to someone who will see that and pretty much just say, well, that's pretty much how they all are. And that's what their thoughts are. And I think that's why some people this week have kind of cringe when they've seen this video because it's not the first time. And it's the third time, pretty much, in with social media being as it is, all it takes, and of course, for black people, and I'm going to put it out there, is that whenever something happens, you hope that the news cameras doesn't go to the first person that's got, you know, either hair rollers or a wife beater and drinking their 40 and pretty much, you know, is an embarrassment. Are you kidding me? I've been dressing up every night hoping that something will happen <laughs> in my neighborhood with the rollers and the bad 80s hair makeup, you know, bad 80s makeup. And the fuzzy slippers, I will go full on stereotype if I can get on TV. Yeah, and see, and that's the thing is that for a lot of people who are still trying to fight through those stereotypes when they are working in society or if they are around a lot of people that think nothing but that, it's kind of like I've climbed that ladder, but all of a sudden I got pushed back down because you think that when you saw that person, that I'm just like that. And like mm -hmm. I said, it's one of those things where I don't think it's coming across as a racial thing. But it he's is very kind of intelligent. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. Even with, the, he's je he's trying to be funny. Yeah, he, I. It's kind of like he's it, trying to be funny. He's yeah, being he's Uncle be Ed and exaggerating and throwing stuff in there. Yeah, he's trying to be funny. He's yeah, very he's intelligent though. And you could tell. And when the camera came on, he knew that it was his moment, and he was going to talk about McDonald's and eating his McDonald's and the pretty little white girl because. Anybody else at that spur of the moment isn't going to be thinking all that stuff. The things that they are thinking that's not going to come out and be said. And he knows how social media is. And the things that he threw out there, he knew it was going to be picked up and that people were going to talk about it and that he knew mm -hmm. he was going to be a YouTube moment. And that's mm -hmm. the thing I think that a lot of people at this point need to remember is that sadly. And I think I'm missing. Yeah, and that He's sadly. Smart. Yeah, and that sadly with the advent of social media and YouTube that he knew that at his moment that he pretty much quote unquote, as my cousins would say, had to act a clown in order to stand apart. And I'm not saying that in a way of which I'm saying he's a clown, but he knew 
that his Sweet Brown moment or that his Antoine Dotson moment was then, and he seized it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as much as saying it's a racial thing. I'm just saying that for those of us who are like him, it's kind of a cringeworthy thing because you don't want to see it because at that point you know that the next day you're going to be going into work and everyone is going to be talking about it and then asking you about it. And at that point, when you're trying to not be that stereotype, it gets a little tough. But that's pretty much what I'll add to that. Like I said, I'm not doubting it. I, he knew that was his moment, but it is cringeworthy moments. And I, I guess hopefully that kind of explains why some people probably were mad about that. So, mm. yeah. I think everybody needs to just get the uh, Wheaties out of their underwear and <laughs> wash the sand out of their vaginas and just grow up a little bit. It was funny. Well, it, it would, yeah, and it would kind of like be like, you know, I, I guess for, you know, like for Asian people it would be the same as if somebody was, you know, an uh, eyewitness and they had a camera and they were like, well, I have my camera with me. It, it's pretty much just kind of mm-hmm. like a cringeworthy thing with that. Or oh, God, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, With oh. that, though, and the difference, is, and here's here's it. For me, being an Asian woman, I would be expecting that woman with the one curler left in her hair, the camera hanging around her neck, her little children, like, pressed up against her sides. I'm talking full-on Asian stereotypes, <laughs> barely speaking. Some of the, the letters are wrong, so, like, the F's are R's and the P's are D's, and I understand this. I'm expecting that. I think it's so funny. If you could tell that they're smart enough to play that card, then by all means do so. I know people that fight that. They don't want to hear anything about their race. No, I am John Smith, and that is my name, and it doesn't matter that I might look Asian. I am John Smith. I am an American, and they fight it. Instead of fighting it, we should all embrace it. We should all make fun of it, and we should all forget about it. Well, just to let all you know... Just to let all you know, I'm not going to be selling out, and uh, we will not have any advertisements for Chitlins or Watermelon or Kool-Aid on this show. So I will not sell out. <laughs> no, I will sell out. We got Fly Life. <laughs> and, Mar- and, and, Mary will, and Mary will be pretty much just, uh, <laughs> she'll be. She'll, I don't know you. She'll be doing advertisements for a nail salon next week. So yes. <laughs> No, massage. We got reflexology. Get that? <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> but moving on. I say go the opposite. Speaking of businesses, though, they say that everyone, and this comes from ABC News, is that they say that everyone needs a hug now and then, and one woman is facing criticism over a business she started to address that need. Jackie Samuel is a professional cutler. Her business, called The Snuggery, operates out of Rochester, New York, and she charges $60 for one hour of cutling or 300 to spend the night. Now, she has strict boundaries, though. Cutling is limited to hugging and holding. Clothes stay on, and there's no kissing. Think PG, not R-rated. Now, Jackie says her business makes people happy, and human touch, as human touch releases something called oxy. Toxin? I'm going to get that. For, I'm just going to get that. Oxytoxin, so yeah. Oxytoxin, yes. A happiness hormone in the brain. She says, quote, people are on the Internet. They're isolated, and they're buying things to make us happy, and we're not acknowledging when we have a very basic need to be touched and to touch others. Now, the Snuggery's clients range in age from 20 to 85. Samuel says the professions of her uh, clients range from construction workers to doctors to financial consultants. 
Some have called what Samuel does prostitution. Her controversial business got her kicked out of graduate school. She does not see it that way. And she says, quote, it's so obvious to me it has nothing to do with prostitution. Nobody's being degraded. We're not breaking any laws. (laughs) You've seen the video. You've seen the uh, story itself. (laughs) Smart business move, or is that just a wee bit close to something naughty? It is close to something naughty, but it's not. But it's not naughty. That's where she's a smart person. It's very close to that something naughty. But the thing is, I wish I would have thought of that first. My God. People need a hug. I will give you $60. You you give me 60 bucks. I will give you a hug for an hour. Why did I think of that? Actually, you still can. (laughs) I know, right? I need to find a good place to, like, set this up. Because Las Vegas, not a good place to set that up. Nobody wants a hug in Las Vegas. They want way more than us. <laughs> they are thinking R-rated. They're not PG. It's the matchbook um, I need to find like yeah. I need to come back to Chicago. I'll I'll do PG in Chicago. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now you're gonna get a bunch of people coming to Twitter being like, you know, I'm in Vegas. <laughs> right? If you're in Vegas and you want an hour-long hug with me, well, see, that's not hugging. No, it's it's cuddling. You actually have to lay in the bed with the person. I don't mind. If they don't mind me falling asleep and talking or snoring or I don't know what else I do, I turn into a furnace, I don't care. You're being me. I don't think people are going to mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she does have very specific rules. So I don't think it's prostitution. Um, prostitution is about, is it's not about, she said there's nobody being degraded. Sorry, prostitution has nothing to do with being degraded. Prostitution is strictly about Paying somebody to have your sexual desires met. Now, unless cuddling is somebody's sexual desire, I don't think it is prostitution. It is more like a dating escort service that doesn't leave the house. There's some strange uh, fetishes out there, so I don't know. It could be. I'm I'm sure there are, but I don't think cuddling is one of those fetishes that will get you off. Some people may have a fetish of cuddling. I don't know. Well, that gets them off, and by all means, I'll charge them extra. I've seen if something there, happens like that, if there is a if there's a surprise in the morning, there's an extra charge. <laughs> this, and I'm not so, talking about breakfast in bed. No, there's so many jokes there. I'm not touching it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, next story uh, because we have a few minutes left is that the folks at Men's Health actually came out with a very interesting. Uh, findings here out of a thousand guys surveyed and it was pretty much about the basics of bluffing what every guy should know about lying a thousand ninety two was the number of lies the average guy told last year stacked up into a pretty much a streaming mountain of deceit 728 was the number of whoppers the average woman told though she may be lying 15 percent was the number of men hoping okay cupid won't fact check their profile photo while 21 percent of women who post pics that aren't quite true to life. One in two was the number of men who have uh, who who have lied on a first date, which is pretty much 50-50. 63% portion of men who are confident that they know when their wife or girlfriend is lying. 29% was the increase in the number of words the average guy uses when he's lying. The physical feature women are most likely to fudge on is their weight. The physical feature guys are most likely to lie about is their height. 300,000 was the estimated number of women who uh, paid a plastic surgeon to add a few ounces to their uh, 
uh, upstairs region each year, and one in four was the number of men who believed Lance Armstrong was telling the truth, which is weird. But out of that whole study, (laughs) any surprises? I plead the fifth. Oh, no. (laughs) See, that wouldn't be lying. That would actually just be prolonging the truth. (laughs) I don't lie. I just don't tell the whole truth the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that count? No, no. See, the that's truth the thing. always has a way of coming out, mind you. I, I tell the truth. I just don't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Now, see, we so had a conversation. Now, see, we had a conversation about that, and, and I said, you know, there are ways about it in that people need to start asking the whole question. They need to be like a reporter, and they need to ask, including details. Because what happens mm-hmm. is that guys, you let ladies off the hook, and ladies, you let guys off the hook when you just say, how was your day? He could say fine, or she could say fine, but if you don't ask what they did, and then it comes up later, and you say, why didn't you tell me? Of course, you're to blame, because you did not get into details. You didn't ask exactly. And I think women do ask for more of that than yeah. guys do. Yeah, I'm not saying do. that women always do it. I'm saying that women are more likely to go, if you say, Hey, honey, how was your day? And you said, oh, it was good, which most guys do. Women are the naggers. We usually say, oh, what'd you do? Did you go see blah, blah, blah? And we want, we want detail (laughs) until we figure it out. I will say, what was the percentage? It was 60-something percent. They could tell their women were lying. The other 30-something percent, you guys are smart. I'm just telling you right now, you don't know. (laughs) <laughs> no, you know what, there are not some Not all the time, but no. you can't tell all the time There's times when your girl is getting stuff uh, Like over your head You know, and I think because And what kind of helps me Is that uh, because I have a reporter's mind And because I remember Things that are said And this is where guys need to start Sharpening their listening skills mm-hmm. Is that you remember things that are said And the next time around If you ask it a different way and the story is a little different. Yeah, you can catch them. Oh yeah, uh, uh, trust oh, me, yeah. I've done that before, and I think that's the greatest thing about you know uh, having those reporters' instincts. Because sometimes when I ask the question, I'll ask it again somewhere down the line, and then I'll kind of you know just to make sure that I heard you correctly. And then when I hear it, and I hear it differently, and it has happened. Where I've heard it differently, and I'll say, oh, you know, well, who'd you hang out with? And you'll be like, oh, so-and-so-and-so. And then next time around, if you say, oh, so-and-so-and-so, and uh, a few other people, then you add to it. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, but some mm-hmm. guys are like, oh, you know. And it's just they let it go. And guys, it's, you know, just as they always said, act like a lady, think like a man. Sometimes you need to act like a man, sometimes think like a lady, because it's the only way you're going to be able to decipher the lies sometimes that you're told. <laughs> That is your PSA for the day, folks. That's why. That's why uh, advice, because yeah, because sometimes ladies do trip up too, just like guys do. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Some so. women are horrible liars. I'm a horrible liar. I'm a really good person about leaving out parts of the truth, but I'm a horrible liar. If you and tell me when, to deceive you, can't do it. <laughs> and then when they get quiet, and, they, and that deceive you. And when they get quiet, or they avoid you, or avoid the topic, then you know. They're going to be lying. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just a thought there, fellas. Just think about it. 
Uh, and women learn the art of changing the topic without having people notice. Oh, no, God, no. I know it right off the bat. I know when you change the topic quickly <laughs> because ladies like to talk about things. And when they change the topic quickly, it means they don't want to talk about it because there's something in there you don't want to know. So, yeah, <laughs> stay on it. Be like McGruff the crime dog. Stay on Keep a quiet on a crime. <laughs> uh, we've got about 90 seconds left. Any shout-outs this week? No shout-outs this week. Oh. You know, we huh? had some birthdays. And there's a Mother's Day coming up, so happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Yes, happy Mother's um, Day. Happy it's Mother's Sunday. Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, and my my daughter's already told me that she's not doing anything. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> she just looked at me like I was green, like, wait. <laughs> That's your holiday? <laughs> um. <laughs> like, when's Kids Day? Happy Mother's Day. There's some birthdays that happen. May's got a lot of birthdays. Mm. Other than that, no. I mean, the birthdays are all personal for me, but my dog's turning like five. Wow. I know he made it past three. That's usually the threshold. After three, it's like, I'm tired of you. I'm going to get get rid of you. <laughs> well, happy birthday to him. Oh, really quick. <laughs> the big announcement, too. Final week in May, to culminate after 200 shows, I'm going to be doing a week full of shows, starting on that Sunday with the 401 Lounge. We're bringing back Eye on Hollywood, News and Comment, upon Further Review, uh, all ending with page one on Friday. So it's never been done. I don't know if I can uh, survive, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll have more. So on that Friday, it'll just be me. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'll be here. I'll be here, but we'll have yeah, more. I'm with you by myself. <laughs> we'll have more details about it next week when everything uh, kind of gets uh, ironed out. But uh, but like I said, Happy Mother's Day, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. And um, to all of you, uh, enjoy your weekend wherever you are, and we will see you back here next week with another edition of Page One. Peace. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.